All right, John, what's up, man? How you doing today? Man, I'm pretty fabulous. I got a few days off coming up ahead. And you know what, though, man? I sure am sleepy. I think I'm going to go to the movies. The movies? What are you talking about? You go to the movies so you can sleep? Man, something like that. Or I go to sleep and I see the movies inside my brains and such that we call what? Dreams, man. Dream. Dream, dream, dream. We'll have to work on that because we could we could do those harmonies. Yeah, we maybe you could. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what we're talking about today, so John. So what are they? What are we even talking about? Are we talking about like the things like, you know, I dream that one day I'll have a little cottage in the woods by the lake? No, not inspirations. All right, all right. But I, I do like those kind of dreams too. Yeah, those but are good. No, we're going to be talking about, basically, you hit it when you said you're going to go to the movie. It's kind of like a movie in your head. All right. Man, dreams are pretty cool. They I think are. everybody likes dreams. This is a podcast. Fascinating. Yeah. I think this podcast is going to be something everybody's going to be interested in because, I mean, everybody thinks dreams are awesome. So what do you think when I say dreams? What comes to your mind? What characterizes dreams for you? Well, I to me, I like dreams. I enjoy it. I enjoy just like seeing what it's going to be. And then sometimes, you know, sometimes I wake up and wish I hadn't had that dream. And I'm like, man, that that is messed up. You know, like, why did I dream that? That's what I was shooting at, man. Sometimes dreams are really strange, mm-hmm. really odd, peculiar, if you will, inside the mind. Right. But, um, you know, dreams, though, probably do have, I mean, there's got to be a reason why they're there. Oh, absolutely, but, man. No doubt. But let's talk about Let's talk about first, though, what are dreams exactly? What are dreams exactly? Mr. Scientist John, you tell us. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for joining the podcast this That's week. Your somewhat reliable source of information for most things except for dreams. <laughs> <laughs> dreams are, uh, I mean, well, like, like you said, you really don't know exactly what they are, but we do know what's happening right we're having images in our head while we're asleep you know okay, so let me can i butt in sleep what are we talking about what is that are we going there or are we not there yet man well we can talk a little bit about it i mean don't, don't do it if you're not ready let's do it man let's do it let's do it okay. sleep all right we got uh four stages of sleep and then you got rem sleep okay about i know that rem 90 minute cycles so stage one, you got that feeling of falling. You ever, you ever about fell asleep and then you just like jump, like when you hear your own self snoring. Yeah, you're like almost you're like. Oh but yeah, God. but you know what I'm talking about, about though that feeling of falling. Yeah, and uh, I've I mean, had it. Man, I had it one time in school so bad that I about jumped out of my seat, <laughs> and I hate that. Like I did it two or three times when I was in high school, and it's so embarrassing because you bring so much attention to yourself. You know, absolutely. But uh, so right after that feeling of falling, you got stage two, which is uh, ten to fifteen minutes after. And uh, that's kind of your toss and turn. They say you move a lot during that stage. Right. All right. So then you got more of a relaxing stage, stage three. Your yeah. muscles relax. Your heart rate goes down. Your blood wow, pressure, wow. your temp drops, you know. And then stage four is what I call the dead stage. Man, your heart rate, your blood pressure, and your temp are at the lowest. This is when sleepwalking and talking take place, actually. Hey, you speaking of, so I'm like seven years old, right? Yeah. My mom almost shot me one night. 
What? <laughs> yeah, for real. Man, I was sleepwalking, and apparently I had gotten to the door and opened the door and closed it several times. And, you know, we do live in the South where people believe in that Second Amendment. And so here comes my mom with a pistol. Oh, my God. And thankfully she realized it was me and didn't shoot. That's and another good. time, I actually made it outside the house, across the apartment complex, to some neighbors, and they called my mom that I was over there asleep. That is crazy. I actually did some sleepwalking myself. Like I would, uh, I lived in a two-story house, and I would often wake up on the couch upstairs, or I wake, I woke up in the bathroom floor one time. Uh, <laughs> my mom, while she was still awake, because she stayed up later, you know, she said that it sounded like a herd of elephants coming up the stairs one time, and it was me. And she said, I just had that wild look in my eyes. And then I walked into the kitchen and dropped my drawers and started peeing in the trash can. <laughs> I don't know why. I As all God's children trash. should at some point in time. Yeah, exactly. But it is weird what you do, though. Well, let me tell you this, man. I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, right? But um, one time many years ago when I took Ambien, I, I woke up and ate everything in the refrigerator and drove to California. Really? No. <laughs> but I thought it sounded good. So anyway, some people do crazy crap like that on Amazon. Hey, I've heard of a, sleep a sleep eating before. Yeah, you never that? done that. Never um, done that. My brother-in-law uh, said that he has sleep eating. He'll just get out in the middle of the night, get stuff out of the refrigerator, and eat, and he don't remember doing it. It's weird, ain't it? That's weird, man. That's weird. I saw on A Thousand Ways to Die one time, this this girl, the bad combination. She had sleep eating, and she lived on a houseboat. <laughs> And uh, mix that with sleepwalking, yeah. and bam! Yeah, she was she was walking to the kitchen. Apparently, got lost. I'm just right off the boat. Died. Thousand Holy cow! Oh, that's crazy, isn't it? Good to be alive, man. Um. So anyway, sleeping is weird, but one of the weirdest things about it is those abstract movies in your head that you have called dreams. And uh, so, so now that happens when we hit REM, right? Yes, REM. Hey, and you know them, REM. I like them. Athens, Georgia. Yeah. One of my favorite bands of all time. You, you know, when I first read this, I thought, man, that's a stupid name for rapid eye movement sleep. Let's just call it, let's just call it, like, he sees the eyes moving in a subject. So he's like, hey, I know what to call it. Let's call it rapid eye movement sleep. Could have been. And I'm like, like, man, that's a stupid name. But then I thought, twitchy you know eyeball what? sleep. Yeah. I don't know. I figured, like, naming some kind of scientific name or something. But, but then I thought, you know what, though? We wouldn't have the band Ocular Dancius if it wasn't Absolutely, absolutely. But anyway, um, so, so this whole cycle takes what about ninety minutes? Yeah. So something I like to do. This has nothing to do with anything, but uh, I'm a firm believer in the power nap. Yes. And you don't dream in a power nap because you don't ever hit that point. You, you sleep. But I when, think I do sometimes. You think uh, so? Yeah. I mean, like I, I have taken power naps before, and I was dreaming. It's like kind of how I told my wife I knew that I got to sleep. You know, right. it's like I, I know well, that I went quick, to sleep man. because, like, I w- was dreaming. Yeah, you don't do that during power nap. How long do you take a power nap? Like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, that's about right. I set mine for, okay, so, you know, we're sometimes maybe, Keith, maybe we're a little particular about things. So I set my timer for 38 minutes. <laughs> that's pretty particular. <laughs> <laughs> because my theory is. I'm not I'm not expressing that anybody else should adopt this theory, but I'm like my theory is I'm going to sit there with my mind running in circles for at least five to ten minutes until I picture myself like on a like some Greek island with my wife on a vacation for like seven days with nothing but the sand and music, and All then right. finally I doze off for a minute. But anyway, I digress. So sleep is great, but we're not really talking about sleep. That would be another awesome. You're right. 
Flum and Diddle podcast. You had that one power nap um, theory one time, like if you down a cup of coffee. It oh, that's a like, hack. Yeah, it's like a life it's hack. It's a nap hack, man. A what? Yeah, a nap hack. A nap life hack. hack. <laughs> so what you're supposed to do, apparently, you can look on the webs, the interwebs, and they'll tell you, you know they, the experts in nappage, yeah. that if you imbibe some tor- some sort of like caffeinated beverage, do it right before you lay down. Yeah. And apparently the caffeine takes about 25 minutes to uptake. So you set you about a 25-minute timer, guzzle your coffee down, 25 minutes, boom. About the time you wake up from your nap, the caffeine hits. Yeah. You're ready to go, man. Or do you even have to set a timer? Will the caffeine wake you up? I don't know if it'll wake you up. I've tried it. Did it work? Uh, maybe. So, But you know. said it takes you a while to go to sleep. So that it kind takes of, me a while. That kind so, of blows that, right? Yeah. See, I can go to sleep like in a minute or less. I like hit the pillow. I'm asleep. That's awesome, dude. That's a gift. I, I, that's what people say. Like Jennifer's like so jealous, you know. But that's a gift. All right. All right so nap hacks over. Like, don't try that at home, ladies and gentlemen. So, tell us what happens, Keith. How do we dream? What's the biochemical process by which dreams appear across our eyelids? If you Definitely will. some chemicals going on. There's one of them. It's the well, I ain't gonna try to pronounce it. The initials for it's GABA. So GABA. That chemical actually keeps you from acting out your dreams. It like pretty much paralyzes you. Keith, I think that would be gamma aminobutyric acid you're speaking of. I know it well. Show off. Yeah, that one. But GABA, 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 GABA Pinton. Yo, GABA, GABA. Yo, GABA, GABA. So like um, that one keeps you from acting out your dreams, but. I, you know, right. I don't know really what chemicals are going on, but we do know that like it has something to do with, well, we don't even know if it has something to do with it, but like they have observed it anyway. It right seems. Side. Yeah. Well, we don't know if it's perhaps, cause or effect, but right. like they've observed the brain and the right side um, takes over during REM sleep. And that's the part that's really more involved in emotional nonverbal processes. Like right. your left side is more involved in like the thinking stuff, you know? Right, right. So that might explain why it's a little more abstract and like why you can't really control it because you can't think logically if that part's not active. Gotcha. Or maybe it's not active because you're not thinking logically. You know, that's why I say we don't know if that's cause or effect. So during right. the day, the left side is mainly active. And during REM sleep, then the right side takes over. Right. But they say, though, you go through a similar cycle during the day, like every 90 minutes or so during the day, the same thing happens. Your right side gets more active, and that is when you daydream. All right. So have you ever thought about that, John? Can, do, do you control? Believer. Do you control your daydreams? I do at times. I consciously, as a way of dealing with my own mental processes, will purposely daydream. Yeah, I think so, too, but... Have you ever had those moments where you're daydreaming and you really, if you look back on it now, you're like, I don't really know that I was in control of that. Like, like I was when you're in an office meeting or something thinking. that lasts hours on end? Yeah. And you just kind of drift off into the nether regions? Right. And yeah. you really don't know how you got there. You know, like, what led to those thoughts? And I think maybe that's what's going on. It's like a, kind All of right. like a sleep cycle, you know? I couldn't help it, man. My right brain kicked in. That's right. <laughs> I was not responsible. All right, so now we're going to dive into where science meets philosophy, John. All right, I got a minor in philosophy. Do you? Yeah. Like, for real? Yeah. I don't know when you're kidding sometimes. No, I am. I really <laughs> do. I had a minor in literature and philosophy. That's cool, dude. All right. I never took a philosophy class, but I'm very philosophical. Absolutely. Um, 
So, why do we dream, John? Not, not what is a dream. What's the purpose of it, man? Well, you know, these are questions that have stimulated the brains and the minds of some of the great philosophers and theologians of history, and I would say absolutely, definitively, that I'm not sure. Nobody knows. All right, we're done. Nobody knows. All right, love you. God bless. See you next time. So really, though, I mean, are we really even here, John? I mean, that's that's philosophy, dude. Are we here? Are we? I mean, is this real? I don't know. It's real enough. But dreams are real. It's real enough. It is real enough. It's real enough to talk about on a podcast. It's real enough. You know, I don't know. We're not in the Matrix. Maybe we are in the Matrix. If we are, this Matrix is all right. I'm glad to be here. Right. I mean, created, not created. Maybe it's it's a dream. Maybe we're in a dream right now, Keith. Maybe we're dreaming that we're doing a podcast. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm a believer in creationism, so there we go. Like, maybe this is all created, and it is like a matrix. It's a dream come true. It's a matrix dream. I don't know. So what are we going to do? That's that's digging deep, man. Speaking of the, hey, the next thing, we talked about philosophy. The next thing, we're going to get into some famous dead guys who are psychologists. And that's my, I have a degree in psychology. So you got psychology and philosophy. And literature, yeah. And literature. Yeah, that's why my mind goes all the time, I think. I'm so analytical, and it drives me crazy sometimes. But I'm better. Yeah, short you, learn, you learn I'm coping kidding. mechanisms, you know. You deal with these things. Um, so many theories have emerged over the years, though, about like what dreams are or what the purpose of them are. Anyway. Right. Gotcha. So what you think, John? Um, they may we, – we think that – or they think they. You know, they. That they. They're they very think. important. They are the number one contributor to the flummididdle in the world and in the universe. Right. They, they wrote the internet. They did. Exactly. So um, they think that um, dreams may be essential to the development of the central nervous system, and they, they did an experiment to I figure like that. that out. I could buy that. So they just kind of – did an experiment with like how much babies sleep, you know, and how much time they spend of that sleep in REM sleep. Newborns, about 50% of their sleep time is in REM sleep. Okay. 25% by the time they're five. And then if you get like a premature baby who really needs more uh, development of their nervous system, right. 75% of their sleep is in REM hmm. sleep. So That's interesting. It seems like dreams may have something to do with like the development of your central nervous system or i like it is it called you know that whole thing cause and effect or the development of your central nervous system is that causing you to dream so what came first the flama or the diddle i don't know i don't know so there was one guy william c dement dement i wonder if he's related to iris he he uh dement iris i don't know a great singer it's all right okay i don't know though so um he observed that if a person is de- deprived of REM sleep one night, they will make up for it the next night. Okay. So, man, some of these guys that do these experiments, they just seem kind of mean. Like, what do they do? Like, poke them all night? Like, yeah, don't just sleep. Don't be sleep. nice to babies. Get up. Get up. Don't sleep. I know. It's crazy. All right, man. Lord help. So. So, dead psychologists. So, talk to us about some dead psychologists and what they think about things. What's the What's the one of the most famous ones? Sigmund Freud. Freud. Yeah, he's, he's kind of a messed up dude, but Mr. Freud, you know, he had a lot of thoughts mind. about dreams. Yes, he did. He had a lot of thoughts about a lot of things. A, a lot, lot of things, things I don't agree with, but 
his coping mechanism, his defense mechanism stuff was good. But tell me uh, what you think about the dream thing. What he was some basic a basic concept. We're not going to dig deep into any Freudian anything. Right. Well, he kind of thought that like um, it's kind of typical of something he would think that your mind during sleep is playing out wishes and feelings that you repress during the day. Oh, he's big on repressed thoughts he and is, feelings. Yeah, and how that jacks your business up. So. He is. So, and he had a uh, student, Carl Jung, who might like it better in general. Right. And he kind of had a similar theory to that. It just kind of tweaked a little bit. He just said it's rejected parts of our personality. So I guess what you can say is that they believe that dreams are messages to yourself. Okay. Which that I kind of agree with. And I can I'll go, you know, who knows? Could be. Yeah. We'll I'll go into that, that a little more yeah. toward the end right. why I agree with that. But So there's another theory, as there are usually is, of dreams being your brain's way of kind of sorting out your days happening and events, what's going on in your life, some sort of emotional, unconscious response to those kind of things going on. Right, and they think that could be you know something unconscious, but it could be something physical too, like your brain is literally filing away these different things. And gotcha. like you're just getting kind of little glimpses of it as they pass by. Right, right. And so another theory similar to that is that dreams are a way of coping with the day's happenings. So it's okay. like your mind's way of coping with what happened during the day. Coping. Yeah. I think that's pretty uh, – that might have some weight to it there. But there was an experiment done in the 70s that they did on this. This is kind of twisted, man. But, like, they they let some people view a really twisted video. And right. it was like a guy getting cut in half with his gut spilling out. Oh, that's kind of – yuck. Yeah. I mean, like, the serious horror film type stuff, right? Right. So then they – after they viewed it, they – did some even meaner things to them. They deprived one third of them from dreams. Uh, a third of them they they awoken them during non REM sleep, so okay. when they're not dreaming, and then the rest they just allowed to sleep all the way through. And so, and the result of that was fifty percent less shock when shown again at the next day. So they show, they showed the same video again. And the ones who were allowed to sleep or allowed to dream got 50% less shock to the second time. All right, I got like you. they weren't able to process it. Right. So does that carry a little weight to, hey, I'll sleep on it? You ever heard that time? Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Meditate uh, on it. Think about it. All right, so Dr. Milton Kramer said that dreams are mood regulators. The more people that are in your dream, the happier you'll be the next day. I don't know, man. Maybe that depends. Like, if you got lots of people in there and they're chasing you with like axes and like sharp objects, I don't know if I'd be happy the next day. I know, but anyway, people. So, what about the possibility of people with schizophrenia who don't dream a whole lot? Is that a thing? Schizophrenia people—they don't dream about people much. So that's kind of that's kind of one of their little, you know, dream quirks. Yeah. Well, that's one way they're trying to prove that. You know. Gotcha. well, they don't have people in their dreams, and they're schizophrenic, so it must have something to it. you know. All right. I feel you. But um, some people believe dreams are like a rehearsal and giving you a chance to practice behavior and come up with solutions to problems, which, I mean, that might have some weight to it. I, I, it seems that I've come up with solutions before based on dreams that I've had, you know. We, what about dreams like people have ideas of inventions and stuff like that, you know. Right. Problem-solving type stuff while they're dreaming. Which I think I've done that before. I can't. Right. I can't give you any specific examples, but I'm sure I have at some point. 
So another theory is that dreaming is a way for us to become safely insane every night, and if we didn't have bizarre thoughts while asleep, they would spill over into our waking hours. Yeah, that's all right. Not one of my favorites. Okay. What do you think? Ah, who cares? Yeah. So what do you think? What's your I got enough your crazy theories? thoughts during the daytime when I'm awake. I know, me too. That's why I, that's exactly. not one of my favorites. But thankfully, I don't thoughts. think I'm insane. Not any more than the average person. Most insane people don't think they're insane, though. That's true. Well, I'm I'm not I'm at least not sociopathic or psychopathic because right. I generally love people. I think we're I'm okay. generally compassionate. Yeah. All right. If we're insane, then we're, okay. we're coping with it pretty well. Let exactly. Me. Exactly. So what do you think, man? What's your theory? What do you think, dreams? What What's the purpose of them, dude? Man, I don't know. There's a lot going on there. A lot of options. Synapses firing, thoughts, memories, the subconscious doing whatever. Who knows? Past, present, future. Man, there's so many things happening in your brain when you're sleeping. I mean, I don't know, man. That's why I kind of think, you know, like all of the different parts of your brain are active, but I think you, the part of your brain that allows you to control it is turned off. And so therefore it becomes very abstract, you know? Right. And so you can't control it and you have all these different things happening. Um, But, and so it's accessing all those parts of your brain all at once. So even things that you repress. So really you should pay attention to, what it's telling you because there may be things in there you don't know about you know what i mean okay all right so let's hit on a whole different kind of aspect of dreams all kinds of cultures back from early recorded history through now have looked at dreams as very significant right so you see dreams a lot in culture and religion absolutely absolutely so let's hit on a couple right mesopotamia the egyptians believed dreams were messages from the gods had their dreams interpreted by dream priests and they thought that would tell them the future the mesopotamians created the earliest book that we know about dreams right and the greeks kind of i think they they pulled upon that you know they had real similar beliefs definitely influenced by the mesopotamians but they believed it that humans were only capable of achieving the purest form of wisdom during sleep. And so they took their dreams to interpreter too. They just called them an oracle the instead oracle. of a dream. Yeah, priest. we know the oracle, man. Right, and what man. about the, um, what about old Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, you know, in the Hebrew scriptures? So we've got this Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar, wasn't really a great guy, but he uh, had he these a, dreams. He and he turd face. He called all the soothsayers and magicians and everything and said, Okay, interpret my dream, and if uh, you can do so, that's great. But, oh, by the way, I'm not going to tell you what it is. If you can really interpret it, you'll tell me what it is. And then, uh, and by the way, if you don't, I'm going to cut you into pieces and like separate you and throw you to the wolves or whatever. Serious business. So there's this yeah. young Hebrew dude named Daniel, and what, what does he do, Keith? Well, he was kind of scared that you know this was going to happen to him. He's going to get cut to pieces because he was supposed to be one of the wise men. He knew Nebuchadnezzar was going to come after him eventually. And so him and his buddies prayed to God for the interpretation, and God revealed it to Daniel in his sleep. All right. So basically, I guess he had a dream, too. He had a dream about what the dream was about. Right. And so then he went and he told Nebuchadnezzar, he said, look, dude, I can't do it either. What you're asking is impossible, just like these other guys said, but I have a God who can. And so he said he revealed it to me, and then he told him the dream. And he basically said, dude, you're screwed. Like all these yeah. other kingdoms are going yeah, to be really strong wasn't good. and like bad. destroy your crap. And so, but that's pretty powerful stuff. Kings relying on oracles, relying on prophets, yeah. if you will. 
And what about, let's bring it forward a little bit. What about Native Americans? I know that dream symbols and things are very important. Right. So they had a, they had, you know, dream symbols is not something just with the Native Americans. It may have come from them. I don't know. But like, you can look up online any of your dreams. Like, for instance, like, uh, you ever had the dream of being naked in classroom? Uh, no. No? Really? But I have heard that many people have. Yeah, many people have. How about... I have, dr- I have dreams with nakedness in it. How about this one? Have you ever had a I dream... I won't extrapolate on that any further. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to go there on this podcast. <laughs> but what about this one? Like, have you ever had the dream that you have at some point signed up for a college class and forgot about it, and now you're way behind and you've missed it and forgot all about it? Um, no. No? Well, anyway... You- Yes, please I, tell us, Keith. Would you please share with us about that? Well, that's a recurring a dream that I have. I have that dream often. Okay. It's like I'm, I mean, I just all the time, like I'm dreaming that there's some class I've signed up for, and that I've completely forgot about it. and I'm going to fail it. But I have talked to other people who've been to college before, and they said they had had the same dream. And from what I hear, it's a common dream among people who have been to college. So. I got you. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway. Like this being naked in class is supposed to represent something. I don't put a lot of weight on that myself because here's the reason, John. Some people see being naked as being free, you know? It's a fear of intimacy and revealing your inner self, Keith. Right. <laughs> but some people, though, is like, man, freedom, you know, they will run around naked. So, like, but, but to some people, it may uh, give them the feeling of shame. All right, and so I don't I don't like this universal symbols, but anyway, the, right. the Native Americans were big on the universal symbols. And all right, so t- tell us a little bit about a dream. There's a guy named Ishi. Is that correct? Yeah, Ishi. Mm-hmm. All right, Ishi. I don't Ishii, know, Ishii. man. He he had some pretty cool dreams. So well, I guess he was like a um, what do you call him? A shaman or a medicine man, something like that. Something kind like of a that. dreamer. I know, I know the dreamer. thing he was most famous for was that he had dreams that supposedly let him know about the upcoming railroad. Oh yeah. And That's pretty come, intense stuff. Yeah, it come in the form of uh, symbolism through like birds giving him gifts and stuff like that, and then his grandmother would tell him like what this bird means, what this bird means, and then. But he kind of anticipated that something big was about to happen like that. So that's not uncommon, this idea, whether you're talking about Native American dreams, whether you're talking about Hebrew or Christian scriptures or these other societies, is the idea of the gods or God sharing privileged information, prophetic information, whatever you want to call speaking to you about some kind of event through dreams. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, My yeah. wife's big on dreams. I don't. I like spiritual dreams. I don't know that much about it, but oh, really? she's very fascinated with that kind of thing. I did not know that. Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, all kinds of things like that throughout history. You know, the like Ishii, he ended up being called the white loon because, like, the, the last loon. bird that came was a white loon. Caw-caw. People have called me that before, but I think they mean something different. Yeah, I, I would say like the great white loon. Yeah, the, with ruddy complexion. The great, the great white loon. Loon. So, all right, so Keith, we've talked about dreams a lot. Uh, I don't know if we've uh, like established anything specific, or we uh, have like spread thin the flumadiddle. Who knows? We have. I mean, I mean, something like this is going to be a lot of flummididdle because really we can't oh, know. Oh, you know. goodness, y'all. There's flummididdle everywhere. It'll be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. Pray to God for wisdom That's to right. spread the flummididdle away from your brain. Let's bust through some flummididdle. All right, so come on, man. Tell us. Let's talk about some dreams. Let's like, look. dreams are freaky, crazy. They juxtapose images of place and time. 
and circumstance that don't seem to match at all, but there they are in one place and one time and one circumstance in your dream. Does that make sense? Sure. Because it's going to make more sense when I tell this, but when I tell it, it's going to make less sense. But we're going to let you go first, Keith. So why don't you tell us about a dream? Tell us some kind of wacky dream you've had. I'm going to start with my with uh, not so wacky, but like when I started actually studying for this podcast about two weeks ago, I had saw that there is ways to try to make use of your dreams. You know what I mean? Like how to interpret them yourself. You it's, do like a dream journal type thing or something? Kind of. I mean, I really just journaled it in my head. But So to keep, tell, just tell us real quick before you go into the dream, for those who don't know or maybe have never heard that term, what would a dream journal be? Well, they, there's different ways to do it. But like they suggest that you write down what happened during that day. Because it might be important to the interpretation of it. And then you write okay. down your dream. And then what you do is you take each thing in your dream and ask yourself, how did how does that thing make me feel? What does that thing represent in my life? And then you're going to be able to interpret the dream. And okay. I'll give you my example right here. All right. Tell us. I had a dream about a friend. And I'm going to tell you the name of this friend because I didn't get permission to talk about this guy. But like, His let's just say. not Bob, though. Not Bob, no. Okay. Let's let's just say though that this guy I really like this guy, okay? He's but he he's serious a lot of times and like he would always be honest with me. He said himself before that he's a judgmental person, okay? I don't really see that myself, but I think that's something he thinks about himself, you know. Right. It's something that he feels like he struggles with anyway. Right. But so anyway, but I do see him as someone who would be honest with me, you know, right. who would just tell it like it is. He ain't gonna sugarcoat it, okay? So, in the dream, he was getting on to me because I didn't clean a dead rat out of an old lady's house. All right. This is your dream, right? It's All my right. dream. Okay. Now, John, I had a dead rat in my wall not too long ago. I yes, found, you did. found a hole outside my house. That. Was it a rat or a chipmunk? It was actually a chipmunk, yeah. Okay. But, but there was a dead rat that had gotten in there. A rat had gotten in there, too, and died. I don't know if the chipmunk may have killed it. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> may have been like an epic chipmunk-rat battle in there. But anyway, that was really gross, and it's an experience I don't ever want to go through again, right? Right. So that was my day's happenings, right? So that had recently happened, and that's what I wrote down for that. But anyway, in the dream, he was getting on to me for not cleaning out this thing, and I was making excuses. I said, well, hey, I've been I've been real busy with football lately. I've been coaching. I ain't got time for that. And he didn't seem satisfied with that excuse, you know, just kind of giving me them eyes like, hey, you know better, you know. So I got angry with him for calling me out on it, but I knew he was right. And I felt hurt and guilty at the same time. All right, so here's the representation. Here's the interpretation. All right. The rat represents something I really didn't want to do but had to do. Right. Okay. Um, he represents, I've already said, someone who's going to shoot it straight with me. Right. All right, so earlier in the football season, this happened for real, not in the dream. Earlier in the football season, there was an opportunity I had to go and do some yard work for a lady as a deacon at my church, right? All right. And – um. I passed it up because I was going to be so busy all day with football. We was going to be there from like one till late that night, and I just couldn't see myself getting up early that morning and then working all day at the football field. Okay, right, I got you. So here's my interpretation, man. I think sometimes that I feel guilty about missed opportunities. Right, and that's not uncommon for most of us. Right, to some and uh, what I took away from it, how I'm going to help this improve me as a person, is that. First of all, I got to realize that I can't do it all. You know, can't do it. That's right. I got to learn to be able to say no. 
and just try to not miss opportunities when Boundaries. I can help you, you know? So that's the interpretation. So see how that helped me become like a better person? I think that's Absolutely, cool. Absolutely, man. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. All right. So let's get some more goofy ones. I'm going to let you start with the goofy ones, dude. All right. So, yeah, I got to – do you want to do a serious one or a goofy one first? Well, well serious, I guess serious. I did a serious one. Let me do a serious one. So I won't go into all the details about why, but hawks – as in the red-tailed hawk, are significant to me spiritually. That's awesome. What they represent, kind of a watching over, kind of the idea of vision and seeing clearly. And uh, anyway, so I was at an old house that I used to live in as a child, and strangely enough, I was sitting in a Jeep, you know, like the old World War II Army-looking Jeeps, just a plain old Jeep where the whole front windshield like flops down on the hood. Right. So I'm sitting there in the side yard of this old house I lived in, and as cool as hawks are, there's this kind of thing where eagles are just, though that's not my main thing, a bald eagle, which I've seen in real life one time in the wild mm-hmm. and out in the country not far from where we are, was just like a very intense experience for me. So anyway, I'm sitting in this Jeep, and I'm looking up in this tree across the street, and there's like a nest full of red-tailed hawks in there. Hmm. So I don't know exactly what that means. But my wife, again, who's big on dreams, was uh, had some ideas, which we won't go fully into right now, but just all of a sudden appeared right before me this huge, like three or four foot tall bald eagle that was like dancing, almost like this Native American dance, and hmm. it would stomp its foot down. Boom! And every time it stomped its foot down, it would like thunder. Wow. And I don't know. That's cool. I don't know what that means, but the way that birds of prey and hawks and eagles mean to me, I, I'm not sure what it was, but it was a very empowering, very positive feeling. Just that something good was watching over me, that things were growing and moving forth, and that's cool. I don't even know how to interpret. I don't have as clear of an interpretation, but it was a very intense dream that I can just see graphically in my head. Yeah, and it was very moving. Right. Whatever it means. The interpretations are sometimes harder to come by than whatever. But whatever it was, it was something very positive and empowering and made a lasting impression on my brain. Right. I mean, no matter what it means, that's just had to be cool just like be there in that moment. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. So let's get a little funky and a little funny here. So dreams aren't always serious. Funky, funky. They're sometimes very strange, very funny. All right. All right. So I'm trying to think of something crazy. One of the craziest ones. That I've had, I don't remember all the details, and I don't remember why I was there. But back in the day, when he was still living, I was up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in my dreams. And I was at the residence of his royal purple badness, Prince. Awesome. Man, it was like I was at my house. You know one of those things, like I was at my house, but it was Prince's house. Yeah. I don't know how that can be, but it was. In dreams it is. So somehow I was at Prince's house, and me and Prince were hanging out. And I don't remember what we were doing. I don't know that we were doing anything. I was just going around from room to room checking out the, what do you call it, Paisley Park. I was just checking out all the rooms, and I was thinking, dang, man, I'm getting to hang out with Prince. I heard he's cool to hang out with in real life You know, when he was live. Yeah, a little mellow, yeah. maybe maybe not so, uh, no, I won't say that. He was that weird. But anyway, I don't know. Somehow I was at Prince's house, and there we were. I don't know what we were doing. We probably played some music. I play a little music. I, maybe me and Prince wrote a song, and I should have woke up and recorded it, and we might be rich by now. You should. Have. I don't have any big, long, uh, like punchline to it. It's just like I thought that oh, was pretty cool. Just hanging out with Prince. I was just That's hanging out cool. with Prince, man. But that it was, was cool. my house. But it was Prince's house. 
So what you think, Keith? What you got? We're about to end this podcast up here in a few minutes, but we're going. Right, let's hit off on one more. There's one more. Here. Yeah, that's one more. I was uh, down at like Panama City Beach or something. You know those rides that have the arc, you know? And sure. it's got like the cable, and then like it goes up to the tower, and you let go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like three actors on there, and there's this one actor. Um, his name was, let's see here. I got it wrote down somewhere. I won't do that. Dustin Hoffman? No, it wasn't Dustin Hoffman. Let's see. Uh, he played in Looper and Cowboy versus Aliens. Paul Dano, D-A-N-O, Dano, Paul okay. Dano. He's All not right. like so a real well-known actor. So anyway, he was the only one that I recognized in my dream. But there's three pe- characters up there, celebrities, and they were doing all kind of acrobats. Well, all of a sudden the cables broke and they went splat. They all like died. All right. Okay. Now this was in all of a sudden we're in Disney World and I'm in the tent of Goofini, the great Goofini, and we're all having right. a funeral, right? And it's like <laughs> theater style. Uh, arena there with the with the caskets behind this glass and um while they were doing this video about their life and like all the movies they made and all that stuff you know everybody started clapping you know for his movies and all that while they were clapping and distracted i saw him turn his head and look at me and i was like holy crap oh my gosh so i went down Paul was alive yeah and and I, i went down and i said dude what's the matter and he was like he said uh Tell them to have Peter Pan to save me, <laughs> and, I, and and then I shared my faith with him, and that was the end of the dream. Ain't Peter that weird? Pan, man, there you Peter go, Pan. dude. I was like, no dude, telling. Peter Pan ain't the dude. You need this dude, and then that I was like the end of the dream. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, dreams are weird things, man. We don't really know what they're for, but we know if we didn't have them, that would probably be pretty bad. But I think one good takeaway is that you can actually maybe use them like to become a better person. Or something. You know what? Just an interesting side note. So I know someone who was having some bad dreams. And this person that we knew, you know, we know some folks. We know people. We know some counselors and some therapists, that kind of thing. Right. And uh, this person suggested that you rehearse your dreams while you're awake. Hmm. And that your rehearsal of the dreams, if you find yourself having a recurring dream that's unpleasant, that you don't want to have, they suggested rehearse that dream before you go to sleep, what you would do if this situation occurs. And that that would be impactful upon how you handle the dream in that particular situation. So there's just another little tip from your Uncle John. There you go. And and if you're out there and you're saying, hey, I, I just don't have dreams, well, you're wrong. You do. You just You're don't probably a zombie or something, <laughs> and you just don't know it yet. You're dead, and but you don't know it. He, it. Other cultures who dreams were very important to them, they always remember the dream. So always. I noticed, too, that when I was studying and for this podcast, forever. I don't remember my dreams a lot, but I remembered them because I wanted to. And so, there like, you if you just tell yourself, I'm going to remember my dream tonight, or if you make it a point to remember it, you probably you will. will. Yeah. Absolutely. So what do we think? What's I think that's it, man. We're this? done. All right, we love you. We're Bye. Took it away. Take take away. All right, so here we go. Thanks so much for listening to Flumadiddle Podcast, man. Hey, Keith, how can folks get in touch with us? Well, we got an email for one, and it's doyouflumadiddle at gmail dot com. That's doyouflumadiddle at gmail dot com. And we also have a website, doyouflumadiddle dot com. That's doyouflumadiddle dot com. And that's with one M, not two, because two is a dessert. And 
Find us on Facebook, like us on iTunes, subscribe, and please share with your friends. We love you. We know you have like probably 3,700 Facebook friends. And if you do, please, we'll send you a free coffee mug. Absolutely. Maybe. I don't know. It depends. Like if thousands of people do it, we can't send everybody a coffee mug. Right. But if you're one of our first, we'll send something. We'll send you our love and prayers and good wishes. And if you just like it and want us to continue, then share it. That's how it goes on, brother. That's how it works, man. Well, all right. Thank y'all so much for joining us. And may your dreams always be fabulous, joyful, and filled with craziness. Peace out.